You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Really quoting our, our buddy RJ here. As you can tell, I am not RJ Ochoa. My name is Pete Sweeney. Today's host of Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation Podcast Network. We'll hopefully have RJ back next week. We have the wonderful Rachel behind the, the virtual glass here. And as he has throughout the postseason and now the offseason, Jeremy Reisman joins me for today's show. Jeremy, can can we handle this show without without RJ, you think? I think so. As the returning champion of this podcast, I'm willing to to put a little bit extra on my shoulders this week. And, you know, we we miss RJ, but at the same time, are we, are we missing him that much? You know, I dip back into the 80s and I remember that Apollo Creed said something similar heading into the following match. And uh, we know how that turned out. Today's show, we'll be going through the latest mock draft on the SB Nation network and, and run through some big news items in the NFL as we get the offseason really started today. But first... A reminder that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the code SBNNFL. Uh, I'm sorry, you know what? <laughs> is it SBN? Is it SBNNFL? SBNNFL. Really messing it up. For a special offer when you sign up, that's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. Now that I've completely butchered the ad read, Let's get to the first story we want to talk about before we get to the great mock draft provided by our friends here at SB Nation. Uh, Jeremy, 26 NFL teams begin off-season workouts today. You ready for yeah. me to run through them quickly? Sure. <clears throat> Falcons, Ravens, Bills, Bears, Bengals, Browns, Cowboys, Lions, Packers, Jaguars, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers. Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Patriots, Saints, Giants, Jets, Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Buccaneers. Titans commanders all kick off the offseason program today. The, you know, the ending was I feel like the, the beginning in the middle was good there, but I, I really didn't do Billy Joel justice with the end there. <laughs> what else do I got to say? You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it's it's a it's a mark on the calendar. It doesn't really necessarily mean all that much other than that the players are going to be together for the first time in, in the offseason. They'll they'll do some lifting, things like that. They can't really even do many uh, football activity things, but it's uh, it's another sign that we are this much closer to football, which is always fun to just kind of turn that page. Yeah, I think the reminder here is that these are voluntary. So a lot of yeah. times you'll see, and we're going to talk about it in a second, players with contract situations where they want extensions, they won't be showing up. And a lot of times when they're star players, you have fans that are kind of freaking out. But I think it's one of those goose frabba moments where, you know, this is to be expected. This is part of negotiations. The other item to note here is that teams with new head coaches were actually able to begin a week early. So that is the Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, Houston Texans, and Indianapolis Colts. They began workouts last week. But, you know, this is the first step in what is really, you know, a step to that busy season. I was looking at the calendar today. It's about 140 days until opening night right here in, in Kansas City and 100 days until training camp. And of course, uh, Jeremy, now less than two weeks until the NFL draft. Yeah, it's uh, it's heating up. And and I know other sports are, are kind of entering their their prime here with the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs kicking off and the USFL starting up this past weekend. But that's uh, big. But, but the NFL draft, I think, will will kind of overshadow it all and. Uh, you, you can tell you're a little bit closer when when uh, OTAs start beginning. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's like I said, there's not a lot of content other than the, the no shows. But uh, but it's another sign that the fact that we're even talking about it shows you how much of a, a dominant sport the NFL is right now. We do have our, our latest mock that we're going to run through from Mark Schofield, J.P. Costa and Jared 
Miller, but first we want to go around the NFL and just discuss some of the, the bigger names that uh, are, are making headlines today. In New York or New Jersey, Florham Park, Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, he is trying to get this contract extension. He will not be there for the start of the offseason program, Jeremy. Yeah, like, like you said, this is this is just a negotiating tactic at this point. I wouldn't be freak, freak, freaking out if uh, if I was a Jets fan this morning. Um, he, he's entering the, the, you know, I think it's his fifth year option year, right? So um, coming off a 12-sack season, um, he's certainly warranted in in asking for more, asking for, to get something done now instead of uh, later. And, you know, I, I've already seen some people try to tie this to the Aaron Rodgers news. I don't think there's any any necessarily linking thing there. I don't think they're waiting for the... I mean, they could be, but I don't think there's any necessary reason they have to wait for the Aaron Rodgers thing to go through before they they take care of this. And, you know, Quinton Williams is a professional. I don't I don't think he needs these voluntary offseason workouts either. So, uh, you know, holding pattern, nothing nothing too serious yet. But you always at least at least lift an eyebrow when something like this happens. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to to do with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't think there's any any crossover here. Now, however, I just think sometimes when you get into these negotiations and suddenly you are are probably going to start Aaron Rodgers instead of let's say Zach Wilson or Mike White like you start to get a little bit of leverage i think as the organization because a young player like Quinn Williams is going to be want to want to be a part of that right so i think very subtle but you're right I, I know that everything that has to do with anything New York Jets you're trying to find a connection to Aaron Rodgers at this point they seem to still be working on it it's it's this grand stalemate between the the Jets and the Packers and I and I feel like we have one of these stories every year where for months we're just talking about the same thing this year I think it's in two places it's Rodgers in Green Bay slash New York and it's Lamar Jackson and his saga in Baltimore but I would tend to think that the Jets Rodgers Packers situation will come to a head before the NFL draft. You would have to think they have to come to some sort of agreement before this thing gets underway in less than two weeks. Yeah, that's kind of how I've always viewed it. And I, I do think maybe there's a little bit more conflict than I've said in, in past weeks. I, I think it, in general, though, that this is mostly humming along at a, in a fairly um, harmonious way, I would say. Um, I know there's been reports that the Jets may have changed their offer after a, a, a Rodgers appearance on pat mcafee and and things like that i don't know how much of that is true and how much of that isn't but i'm with you i, I think this eventually just gets taken care of either on draft night or before the draft and then we can stop talking about it yeah i just think the the mcafee thing has just created a definitiveness that didn't help either team right right like they know the conclusion now both teams know the conclusion and when you have a question of other teams entering the fold that may pressure a team to, to go and get it done. When Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, well, I'm only playing for one team this year, the Jets know he's not playing for the Packers. The Packers know he's only playing for the Jets. And so it's created this really unique situation that only Aaron Rodgers in the day of the Pat McAfee show and him, some of his off-the-field antics could create. And, and here we are. We are still in a holding pattern as of this podcast. We're recording about uh, 1045 Eastern time on Monday. Moving to the, the next story we want to hit, um, the Miami Dolphins, they agree to a deal with chosen Robbie Anderson, and this is a change of scenery for Anderson. Does this move the needle at all for you, Jeremy? Uh, not really. I mean, he's he's about to turn 30. Um, he fits the mold of what they want in Miami, right? That that kind of speedy um, but tall option. I mean, maybe that's that's what they're missing is, is an outside guy that they can go up and get some balls there. But in general, I mean, we're talking about a guy who didn't have much of a, a season last year, 280-some yards total uh, split between Carolina and, and Arizona. And, you know, it, he, he's certainly passed his prime. And I think, you know, he could certainly see an inflation of, in his stats in a Miami system, which is going to throw the ball a million times. Right. Um, but but at the same time, I, I you know, I think this is this is a a, a quit like a, a quintessential mid-April move where it's just like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Okay. That's where he's yeah, going now. Great. He simply pops up. I tend to think what they're trying to do in Miami is create, in in a sense, what the Chiefs had in Kansas City right. in this really speedy offense where you can get the ball to one of these receivers, be it now 
Anderson or, or Hill or Waddle in space. And if you give them a little bit of space, usually that means it's going for a, a long way. Of course, the, the problem, and I'm not trying to rattle up the, the, the two Anon folk out there, is that Miami doesn't have Patrick Mahomes. And I know this is crazy. And Rachel, don't dock points for me. I do want to try to win the, the MFW MVP. When you only have two, two, two competitors, it's easier to win, of course. Um, but I, I know it's, it's still crazy, but is, isn't Tom Brady looking at this and saying, maybe this is something that I want to come back to. Like oh I, we thought he was done last year. We, we, I mean, we did. I, I know that there was all the speculation with, with him attending the soccer games, but the scenario, all that off the field stuff was he wanted to go to Miami. And yeah. I, man, I, I don't know. I, I had said that my like long-term prediction is even at the age of 45, maybe he takes a year off and tries to return once he has his family situation sorted out but I, I i don't know i know it's a small percentage but i always have brady on the mind when it comes to this dolphins team because in a weird way similar to new york it's the only place brady would come back to in my mind at this stage i feel i feel like that's true i just think i think he's he's come to terms with it and and maybe maybe you're right maybe a year away that changes his mind but go get into coaching be be in the front office do do something just you not not that being in coaching is is any less of a time commitment. It's probably even more of a time commitment. But I just think he needs to be done. Like <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think he knows for- he needs to be done. It, and maybe just the time away will will warp his mind again. But no, I, I think he needs to be done. Yeah, I I think there are a number of avenues for him to go off the field. We've already seen him get involved in women's soccer. I know that I'm sure there's broadcasting. I know he has the broadcast deal that that is incoming. There's also the Tom Brady method. So there's a number of things that he could do. But I just always wonder, is this guy going to be able to fight those urges when training camp and this time of year begins? So I I do think again, I I think it's low percentage, but I always it always is always something that I'm just kind of wondering. All right, last news story before we get to the the mock draft here. Uh, Buda Baker has requested a a trade from the Arizona Cardinals. The details here is he's owed $13.1 million this season, $14.2 million in 2024, uh, and that was stemming from a four-year, $59 million extension that he signed in 2020 that would make him the highest-paid safety at the time. Now, Jeremy Baker is 27 years old, requesting a trade. Doesn't want to be part of this pseudo rebuild there in Arizona. How interesting is this? How how do you, how likely do you think it is that that he is moved? It's tough because I I think he's got every reason to want to be traded. To to be completely honest, he probably deserves to get paid more at this point. He's entering the prime of his career, and and you're right. Like this Cardinals team isn't one that that necessarily provides him a chance to compete this year or or really in the near future. I think, I think you're looking at this Cardinals team and everyone wants out DeAndre Hopkins included. So the the question is just how willing and capable are they going to be to, to move him? And it's hard to know because I feel like more, more than any other season, Pete, like we have heard a lot of names on the trade block, like Mm -hmm. in terms of either play, this was obviously an outright request, but we've heard rumors around guys like um, Devin White wants out Mac Jones, Jonah Williams, Dalvin cook, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Kelly, Moelle Cox, Ed Oliver, DeForest Buck, like all these things, all the all the rumors, all the, the requests are happening. None of the trades are actually happening. Right. And so I, I just kind of get a sense like this is this is again, this is another negotiating tool that players are using, saying, going public saying, I want to get traded, and eventually it either fades away or gets smoothed out by the team. You know, Sands have a few moves that happen, I think around this time right so now we're in that three to four week period surrounding the nfl draft yeah it kind of hits a standstill because i think at this point gms say to themselves we kind of have to see how the nfl draft transpires as much as we want to predict the the draft and not to disparage mock drafts before we read one right here (laughs) on the sb nation nfl show but things change really fast on draft night and plans change really fast and it's hard to plan for Beyond that, when you get so close and you've already had certain parts of your plan of your offseason um, come to a head. Now, you know, once we got close to the NFL draft last year, we had a number of, of trades that really impacted how the year went. You know, I, I think the biggest one probably around the draft was A.J. Brown going to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like, I don't 
I don't know if the Philadelphia Eagles make the Super Bowl had they not made that that deal. So uh, we are are simmering. But I think, you know, as, as it goes, things will really start to heat up when we get close to the actual draft. And then you'll start to see, I think, some of these other chips falling when teams realize what needs they still have following the NFL draft. Right. And that's why we see that second wave of free agency happen right after the draft, too. And so we'll see some of those kind of lingering names that are still out there get picked up shortly after that. All right. We have been uh, around the block as far as news goes in the NFL. Obviously, not a ton of 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 news right now to to discuss. So we're going to dive into the latest mock draft from Mark Schofield and our friends at the SB Nation flagship. And it starts with the Carolina Panthers, who own the, the number one overall pick, and they have decided to go with C.J. Stroud. Let me read the first two picks right here. Uh, the Houston Texans, there had been some speculation in as to w- what they might do. They end up taking Bryce Young out of Alabama. This has been a heavily debated topic, uh, Stroud versus Young, and it's only the first chapter, too, right? This is how the NFL goes, where right. these guys will be connected to each other for the remainder of time, and one will win, and one will be the secondary pick, and I think it's really going to be up to the Panthers to to decide their their fate when it comes down to that. I I, I tend to think the Texans will go the other way, um, you know, with with their pick. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. Um, if if you if you favor Vegas, I mean DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, not to not to promote our own sponsor here, but sure. uh, heavy favorite for for Bryce Young, minus four fifty for him to be that first overall pick, where CJ Stroud is plus three twenty. So it's not it's not particularly close. Um, so. Stroud goes to the Panthers in this mock. It seems like things are trending in the opposite direction and it's tough, right? Because it feels like both guys provide way different things. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young is a guy who really takes on his mobility and, and pocket presence. And to me, like that's why I think he's the more attractive pick is because that you, you see the best quarterbacks in the NFL today. And sure it's about the arm at the end of the day, but it's also about being able to create those extra few seconds in the pocket and navigate the pocket and create plays with your feet. And I think CJ Stroud has the ability to do that, but he just hasn't done it in practice. He seems a little bit more panicked in the pocket and that can break down a play very, very quickly. So if you, if you want maybe the more traditional pocket passer who has a tremendous arm, your guy, CJ Stroud, if you want maybe more of the new age guy who can create with his feet, it's, it's Stroud. And so, things seem to be trending in Stroud's direction in the league and in this particular draft, but, but I can see why both are, are right up there in the conversation. I think you're, you're right in the, in maybe old school football, maybe they would go with young, but it, it seems in this new age in a weird way. Now, just the way things are where it almost seems like that type of dynamic quarterback who's more of that athlete than I, I think, you know, simply like sit in the pocket, manage the game type of guy. Um, having one of those has become the ultimate luxury. And so, you know, when you're in a position to acquire that, it's just, I think, hard to to turn down. But uh, I, I think you made a great point about Las Vegas, right? I, it It's becoming more commonplace to not look at Las Vegas as this dirty type of thing. Uh, and this has always been the case where, man, Vegas just seems to know, right? Yeah. 450 is a, that's that's a Jeez. heavy favorite. And, and so... Um, even though the, the the mock draft went this way, it, at this point, I, I wouldn't deny that it goes the other way just simply upon those odds. For sure. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go to number three, and, and we get our first trade in, in this mock draft at SB Nation. The Indianapolis Colts, they move up. Here are the terms of the trade. The Colts received the 2020, uh, f- 2023 first-round pick. The Cardinals get back the number four overall in the same draft, so they move down one slot. They also get the 2023 third-round pick and the 2023 fourth-round pick and a 2024 third round pick from the Colts for just simply moving up one slot. And why would the Colts do this if they're they're picking next and the Cardinals could go away? Well, the Cardinals could trade it to somebody else. And with that pick, the Colts select Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Now, this would be that spice we're looking for, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the, the Mitchell Trubisky trade, right? The the move one move up one mm-hmm. spot so that no one else moves ahead of you. But in the I think in this case, uh they're actually going to be bidding against other teams. Whereas I don't know if the bears were way back when, um, because yeah, it, it, there was a report this, this past week, I think from Schefter saying that the Cardinals have fielded trades from trade offers from at least six teams. Yeah. I heard that six teams. That was the number. Yeah. Yes. But Anthony Richardson is, is maybe the more interesting part of this, honestly, because he's, he's that boomer bust candidate, right? He's a guy who has all the physical traits just did not look like the consistent guy that you that I'd necessarily be willing to to risk the third overall pick on. But a lot of people say you, you clean up that footwork, maybe the accuracy comes with it. You surround him with a better team. I mean, the, the, the Florida receivers were not very good in his one year as a starter. But to me, significant risk here, and you're also trading up for him. This is this is a tough one for me to accept, but very exciting pick nonetheless. And a guy with with a tremendous ceiling. So could very much work out in the Colts' favor, but this this is a huge risk, and and I'm not sure if if I were the Colts GM, if I would be willing to to make a move like this. Well, it's got to be a full organization type of move, right? Because Anthony Richardson, he fits sort of what we were describing, and and probably is the, the most athletic player maybe in the draft period. When you're looking at yeah. NFL players that come out of the draft, you may look back and say, how did two teams, or you know, if it doesn't go this way, X amount of teams let Richardson fall? How how many times have we said that with Lamar Jackson now over right. the years? And it has to be an organizational buy-in, right? It, it can't just be the GM. It has to be the owner that is going to be patient, maybe not get the results right away. It has to be the head coach who's going to build around the strengths of this guy. That's what you ran into with John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. That's why they're trying to part, – part of the reason they're trying to keep that thing together because it's right. just such a, a particular offense that was built around this quarterback. You can't really replicate that with too many different guys. And so – I like it. I love a trade. I think anytime you get a trade in the NFL draft, it makes the night all the more interesting. And and that's where mock drafts are, are tough because, you you know, say this were to happen, all the other drafts that maybe had it going another way, they're affected by one. And then you get that domino effect of the, the draft kind of getting muddled there. But wow, what a what a move this would be for the Indianapolis Colts. And I would I would think I don't want to. I don't want to jinx Mr. Richardson here. If this ends up going down, I would think that he could start for two seasons in a row and end that awful streak the Colts have had of not having a a different or not having the same starting quarterback in back to back years and in, in half a decade now. Um, going. I just but, wonder if if he's a is is he a, is he a year one starter though? That 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 is also a fair question to ask. I mean, I, I think maybe right. you just have to at this point because you're you're spending the third overall pick on him, but I don't know if he's ready. Yeah. So in another way, you might be extending to one <laughs> right. more year. One more year, exactly. And in, 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 uh, in, in taking um, Anthony Richardson. All right, let's go to number four. So now the Cardinals are picking a number four, and they go with Will Anderson, the pass rusher from Alabama. Is this the right pick in your eyes, Jeremy? I, yeah, I think this is maybe the the most solid pick so far. I think I think it, you, you get the trade down, you pick up some some extra pieces, and you get I think the the safest defensive prospect. I won't necessarily say the best because I think that might be someone else, but safest. Um, I mean, a world of production at, at Alabama, which is obviously not easy to do. A guy that can can kind of play uh, multiple roles for you there on the edge as well. Uh, I just think this is a guy who may have been the best edge rusher if he had gone in last year's draft as well. Um, 
you know, I, I feel like we've gotten into the part of draft season where people are picking apart Will Anderson's game and saying like, he's actually not as good as everyone says. I think that's nonsense. I think you, you look at his full tape at Alabama, that that is the dude. So I think this is a really good, really safe pick for Arizona. And you, you pick up a couple extra picks along the way too. Maybe you could have gotten more value out of a trade down further down and, and gotten a second tier of defensive players, but you need some blue chippers on that defense, especially with, you know, an, an aging roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball over there in Arizona. Yeah, I think after after a quarterback, which you know the Cardinals are are saying with an exclamation point here, right? Kyler Murray is our guy. I know there have been yeah. some questions in in recent years with that. I think after quarterback, if you want to tell me the next most important thing is is tackle, okay, maybe I'll buy that. But it's very close second is edge, right? Yeah. You need to have pass rushers that affect the other quarterback, and I think this is the right move and you're right it it is the quote-unquote safest pick and that has to do with what we will be saying if the seattle seahawks with their fifth pick go with jalen carter of georgia and we know that there has been some off the field we know his he's gonna fall and what i what i would say is i i know there's a lot to explore i know if you root for a certain team maybe you you don't want them to go in in this direction but here's the bottom line someone is taking this player in the first round, right? And if a, a team is on the board and they're they're looking at, okay, should we pull the trigger here? If they don't, someone else will. And the way that the news cycle works and the way the, the world works, everybody loves a redemption story. And after he gets a year, does the right things, gets involved in the community and, and things like that, obviously gets the help he needs. A year from now, you you might be looking at this pick and being like, well, this was a no brainer in, in the, the world of the NFL in, in, in a sense. So he falls to five and, and the Seahawks end up with him. What do you think about that pick Jeremy? I think it makes a lot of sense. I think this is, if I had to pick a pick from this mock that I think is going to actually happen, I think this, this might be the one I pick. Um, you mentioned all the the character stuff and I feel like Seattle's a great landing spot for them. They've taken risks before and some of them worked out. Some of them haven't, but mm -hmm. they're willing to take on those guys that, that either have off field issues or some people have said that, that maybe Jalen's uh, off field issues have slipped into his game. They, they, it depends on who you ask. Some people say his, his tape is full of effort. Some people say it's inconsistent effort. I don't necessarily have a strong opinion one way or the other, but I feel like Seattle's is the team that usually takes on a, a player like this and more often than not benefits from it. Um, he's a guy that, that I would love to the lions at six. Um, but I'm not sure the culture fit is there in Detroit. I do think the culture fit is there in, in Seattle. And so I, I think this pick makes a lot of sense. Well, you're Mr. Detroit. And if you say no Jalen, then, then they can't draft him. So um, <laughs> I want him though. Carter is the favorite at DraftKings Sportsbook, by the way, at plus 200, uh, this is from uh, Pro Football Talk, and I'm just going to read the latest update here. No one disputes Carter's talent, but there have been off-the-field issues, as we talked about, most notably the involvement in a car crash that left one of his teammates and a Georgia football staffer dead. Carter pled no contest Thursday to misdemeanor charges of reckless driving and racing in connection with that incident. And uh, Rosenhaus, Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, remains confident that he will be a top-10 pick, and, uh, and I can't see it going another way based upon some of the things that I mentioned. So they're going with uh, the chalk here. Uh, let's go to the next pick. Number six. What a time to be alive. The Detroit Lions pick it in the top <laughs> 10 and we consider them Super Bowl contenders on this show. So that's an ultimate advantage. They go with Tyree Wilson, pass rusher out of Texas Tech. Your reaction to your Lions taking Mr. Wilson. Yeah, I don't know if there's a nightmare scenario when you're picking six overall, but I think this is probably worst case scenario for the Lions. Mm -hmm. Three quarterbacks and, and the top two defensive players going before them. So they have to kind of, I, th I think there is now a noticeable step down uh, in terms of defensive talent. I'm not huge on Tyree Wilson. Um, he's he's kind of the, the, the athletic freak, right? Like the guy who has all the physical tools, not a ton of the production. He got better as, as his career went on at Texas Tech, but the production numbers, the sack numbers were pretty low. He's got a foot injury that that has kind of made him sit out a lot of the off-field testing. I think he's a little bit slow off the snap. So I think if I had to pick, I might go corner here, whether it's Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon, whichever one you kind of like more. Um, Lions have, I, I would say, equal needs on both sides, whether it's an edge, whether it's corner. A lot of people look at the Jeff Okuda trade and say, wow, the Lions really need a corner now. That's not really true. He was, he was lined up as like CB4 or CB5, which is why they traded him. Um, but there's still a long-term need there. 
They have CJ Gardner Johnson signed for one year. They have Emmanuel Mosley signed for one year. Um, so I would rather go corner here. Um, I, I just I think there's a little too many red flags there with Tyree Wilson for me to believe that he's head and shoulders above of the corner prospects here. Yeah, that that's an interesting debate, and and I think it also gets into the philosophy of of defensive football, right? What position is more important, yeah. and that that goes into weighing different things because it's hard to run from a pass rusher, right? Quite literally and figuratively. If you have a stud cornerback, like let's say the lines where you could throw to the other side, you could you know throw underneath those type of things, and so if the talent's the same, I'd like to see a team that needs an edge take an edge, but I, I think you're right here. And of course you're on the, the pulse of this with a top 10 pick running prior to Detroit, that it, there is a, a question there. And so we'll see which way the, the lines end up going with number six, but let's move on to number seven uh, to the AFC West. We go the Las Vegas Raiders. They went and, and got Jimmy Garoppolo this past off season. And they go with a quarterback here out of Kentucky. Will Levis. Uh, taking him with the pick. What do you think uh, about this pick, Jeremy? I think this one is is fairly realistic as well. I mean, obviously, um, they didn't commit a long-term deal to, to Garoppolo, so th- they could be looking for a long-term deal. I don't think necessarily they're in a position where they think they can compete right away. And mm-hmm. so getting a, a quarterback that might not start year one makes some logical sense to me. Um, Levis is an interesting guy, right? I think he was, uh, you know, two months ago, he was drawing all these comparisons to, you know, the, the big physical, um, and athletic Josh Allen's of, you will, um, of, of the NFL. And so, um, for whatever reason that, that seems to have died down a lot. And, and I get it. Like there's some inconsistency issues, but I think a lot of that can explain, can be explained by a supporting cast, right? Um, Kentucky mm-hmm. just, it had a massive exodus of, of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And that's going to affect any quarterback in, in the league. I mean, you talk about C.J. Young and, and Bryce, C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young. Those guys had endless amount of talent. Like as soon as one wide receiver class left, another one came in. Uh, Levis didn't really have that um, that benefit. And so I think that's why you saw a dip in production last year. It has a little bit less to do with him, I think, as a quarterback and a little bit more to do with his supporting cast. So I like the pick, actually. Yeah, here was the the write-up, a portion of it from our our great team at SB Nation. Levis needs some work, particularly with his lower body mechanics, footwork, and decision-making. But if he landed in Carolina with the ninth overall pick, uh, uh, the wealth of coaching experience the Panthers have around the quarterback could have made Carolina the ideal place for him. But with the Panthers drafting someone at the top of the board, the next best landing spot would be Vegas. And I, I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo for a second here. I got a chance to cover Alex Smith here in Kansas City, and I I think the Chiefs in, in what was it, 17, when they drafted Mahomes, that has led, I think, a lot of teams to trying to replicate that, right? And I think that's been tough for teams to do because, you know, you have to sort of, in a way, rattle the veteran, which can go one way or another. It doesn't always go so swimmingly. And I, I think the expectation is, okay, we give – you know, a year of that Mahomes seasoning suddenly we'll have maybe not Mahomes, but a, you know, top 10, top 15 type of quarterbacks. And it just it doesn't always translate. I think it was a very particular situation in Kansas city with, with Al and um, Andy Reed and, and Patrick obviously with, with the Uber talent. And then you, you know, you look at, um, you know, this particular situation, I feel for Garoppolo in a sense, because he's sure. kind of gotten caught in the, I think the Alex Smith funk of his career. It's like, say the Raiders do go in this direction. It's never, we got our guy in, in Jimmy. He's our, our guy for the next five to 10 years. I, I think we can win with this guy. It's always like, well, you know what? He's good enough to win. And in, in the meantime, he can mentor this quarterback who we really like. And that's just, it's a tough place to be for, for Jimmy G. Yeah. I mean, Listen, I've come from the Detroit Lions where Jared Goff is going through that same kind of conundrum with with fans. Like some, a lot of people think he is the Alex Smith. A lot of people think he's he's more than that. And so, it's it's and it and it led to the Lions GM saying something that I think is really poignant, um, if not obvious. It's a which he said it's a lot easier to get worse at quarterback than it is to get better. And so you're right. I think a lot of people think they look at Alex Smith going from that to to uh, Patrick Mahomes and say, oh yeah, let's just do that. Um, but in the meantime, you're blowing up something good for the chance at something great, but also for the chance at taking a major step at the quarterback position, which is a, a very dangerous thing to do in this league. 
Yeah, and the, the sad thing is, is, is it may be the the same type of scenario where we're say this were to go down, uh, Garoppolo would get the year, and then it would be limbo, and maybe trying to find a new team next year with a trade. And you know, it's, I'm sure he at this stage is like, "Have you seen how much I won? Quarterback wins are a stat. Don't you guys understand?" That? <laughs> All right, let's go to the Atlanta Falcons with number eight. You talked about the Lions maybe going in the direction of cornerback. They have. Uh, them taking Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. And, you know, there has been some questions as to which cornerback would go first. Do you feel like this will be the player that goes first? And do you like the fit in Atlanta? Man, it well, it's interesting because they obviously did just do the Jeff Okuda trade. And so if they were to knock him down uh, a spot on on the depth chart, it would it would negate, I think, some of the value of that trade. But it, it's really a pick your poison to me with, with these two guys, because obviously Christian Gonzalez is like the prototypical size speed combo and six, one long uh, fast, all those sort of things that, that I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, that's where the, the league is trending. Um, they, they love those long, tall corners. Um, but if you're looking for a, a, a personality fit, I think Devin Witherspoon is a better um, prospect. He's more instinctive. He's, he's more willing to get his nose dirty in the run game. That's why I like him for the Lions for a better fit, but that might be a Lions-specific thing. Like I think the Lions yeah. would have Devin Witherspoon higher on his board than, than other teams would. Um, so I think if, I, again, I think it's maybe a, a safer thing, right? I think Christian Gonzalez is probably the safer um, pick because of the size, because of the production, um, whereas Witherspoon is, you know, he's 5'11", which isn't, I mean, it's not short. I don't want to act like a 5'11 corner is, sure. is way out of the ordinary in this league. It's not but it's not that prototypical long, tall guy. So I, I think it's a good fit. Um, I I think the, the Falcons could definitely use more. I don't think they should be relying on Jeff Okuda to be a day one starter. Um, so I, I think this makes a lot of sense, and, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if that was the pick for Atlanta. Yeah, you're right about the the size. Came in at, at 6 feet, 197 pounds. It's a, that's about if, if you're on create, create a player in Madden, yeah. you, know, you, you might be. Uh, heading in that direction you mentioned witherspoon in this particular draft because we're only going to read the top 10 uh, a lot of angle eating traits unfortunately they go to the new england patriots at number 14 uh, later on uh, in yep. this draft um, so we have the falcons taking gonzalez we have two more picks we're going to go through right here we're reading the top 10 you can get this mock draft the latest mock draft at sbnation.com at number nine the Chicago Bears go with Broderick Jones out of Georgia, the offensive tackle. Uh, what do you make of this pick? The the first big pick in what is the the GM career of Ryan Bowles? Yeah, no, I think offensive tackle makes complete sense. I think this is what the Bears should and and probably will do. Um, I think I think my my issue or, or my question, I guess it's not really much of a question because I haven't made you know, I haven't put my flag in, in, in the ground here, but the, the best offensive tackle in this class, I'm not sure if it's Roderick Jones. I feel like a lot of people would point to Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, from Ohio state, even Darnell Wright from Tennessee. He's a guy that shut down Will Anderson uh, pretty heavily uh, when they went toe to toe uh, this year. So it, it's again, it, it it's personal preference, right? I don't, I don't think there's the, the problem for the Bears is I don't think there's a clear-cut number one guy. That's not to say that these guys aren't starting capable left tackles in this league. I just don't know which one I think is there, and I don't think there is like a, you know, a Lane Johnson type where you have your your tackle for the next 15 years and, and he's going to be a top five, pro, you know, annual Pro Bowl type of guy. I think, I think Chicago – doing what they did and and getting out of the, that top of the draft was to me maybe the best thing that's happened this offseason because there have been some questions as to like whether or not they would be all in on fields and i think this pick really fits the idea of leaning into justin fields and all that he might be able to to do for his team we know that the bears will want to continue to give him weapons right they already have Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and DJ Moore in the mix. But you also want to protect the guy, right? You got to keep him on the field. That's a big part of this thing. And so this makes all the sense in the world. I think the position is right, as you were mentioning, but because of a little bit of the parity there, we'll see which direction Ryan Poles goes in. I, I personally have a, a tremendous amount of respect for Ryan Poles. I know a lot of people here in Kansas City thinks he is going to be one of the better GMs in the league as we go here, but when you're dealing with a rebuild, uh, you have to maybe wait a few years and we'll see how fast 
hey, look, they they got the quarterback. So that's the hardest part. So once you have the quarterback in place, maybe this thing can happen sooner than than people realize. I I do believe at the end of this offseason, the Bears are going to be a spicy pick to win a wild card. I don't know if there are going to be a lot of people picking them to win the division, but I could see a lot of people putting them in at like a sixth or a seventh to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and 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 say a year ahead of schedule, which is a popular right. cliche. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's important to point out too. I like if if they were, you know, whatever last year's Lions team, where they're they're just on the cusp of making the playoffs, like that should be a a, a wildly successful. That should be considered a wildly successful season for the Bears. I, I think I think playoffs they're certainly possible. I'm not I, the NFC is what it is. It's not a, a very deep group of of teams there, and and the NFC North in particular, not a particularly deep division. Um, and so they should have a pretty easy schedule. Um, but, but you look at the roster, like they, they added a lot to the linebacker room. Their, their secondary is full of a bunch of second and third year players. So if they take that second and third year leap, maybe this team is a little bit more contending, but I think they still have a lot to do a lot of work to do on, on both the offensive and defensive line. And so uh, that's why I think offensive tackle is a great pick for them here. Wrapping up our mock draft review here on Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation Podcast Network, the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning NFC champions, almost got it done in Phoenix, not quite though. Nolan Smith, the the pass rusher from Georgia. When you see the Eagles go and, and make this move, Jeremy, what's your immediate reaction? Uh, wh- what are the Eagles up to? Uh, that's kind of <laughs> my first reaction. Is like, what do they know that I don't know? And and listen, they've they've added so much to that defensive line over the past few years. Um, Nolan Smith is, is just kind of a fascinating guy. He's only 238. So, um, you know, he, he could definitely play some, some off ball a little bit for, for the Eagles, if that's what they plan on using him for, but uh, not a ton of production, but he's, I mean, if you want to talk about a Dan Campbell kind of guy, like he is a tenacious guy who has a high motor, who who's going to fight and claw and, and run mm-hmm. every player down that he can and play to the whistle, all those kind of tropes. So, you stick him on a, a, a defensive line with the Eagles that has a bunch of other weapons, like they'll find a way to utilize him in, in a way that's effective. Um, I don't know if he's my, you know, next edge on the board, but there's little doubt to me that that the Eagles will find a way to, to utilize this guy and, and, and really make teams pay with him. The mock notes that Smith has taken meetings with the Patriots and the Eagles. And there is a line here. He's a bit of a tweener. One of the comparisons you see from him is Hassan Reddick. It might make mm-hmm. sense for Howie Roseman to have two players on the edge like that next season. So this would be a, a, a very interesting pick. You, when you start to get to this part of the draft, and again, we're only going to cover the top 10 picks here, but that middle of the draft, you could start to see tendencies. And sometimes this is where teams, they stop going as they would say scratch or, or chalk, where they have maybe some insight that, maybe a certain team doesn't have. And and yeah. that's where you can really, I think like the value of the NFL draft usually starts around, around this time, Jeremy. Yeah, no question. I, and then I think you're right. Like it's a really good way to put it is where the tendencies start to show up in, in terms of favoritism, in terms of kind of players that you like. Whereas, you know, this is where you'll start to see like Mel Kuyper's big board will still have his number five player, but other teams don't value those players in the same way whether it's differing systems, whether it's differing skill sets that they prioritize. And so this, I mean, this is a, a great example of it where I, I could definitely see the Eagles doing something like this, whereas people might think Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa or Miles Murphy out of Clemson might be the higher rated prospect for the Eagles. Maybe it's Nolan Smith. Right. I mean, then this is where mocks and like, especially the mocks of the insiders to me are the the most worth watching and, and worth reading because you know, a lot of times you, you you see mocks around the Internet and it's more of a, a big board, but it's it's those mocks that like they really heard, uh, you know, a lot. Those are, are the ones I especially when you get close to the end. Like I know there's one that comes out at NFL dot com that Sh- Peter Schrager does. I believe he only does yeah. one and he's always in tune with GMs and, and what their plans are and, and whatnot. And look, you know, he tries to talk to people and find out and then he's usually completely wrong, just like every other. Mock. Right. And this or also what, that that time of year too, where are you hearing this stuff because smoke, the teams are wanting right. to put it out, or are you actually getting closer to the truth? And and it's always impossible, really, to kind of sift sift through the differences there. I love a smoke and pivot. I love a, a bait and switch. And the NFL draft season is ripe for that. I want to close here because our our biggest move, I think, of this draft was the Colts, right? Of this mock draft mm-hmm. that that our guys put together. Again, you can get it at sbnation.com. And I wanted to read you this tweet. Uh, that that Jim Irsay, the the owner of the Colts, 
Yep. Sent this weekend. For the 20, 2023 draft, we have many options. With the number four pick, we could stay put and take a quarterback or trade up and take a quarterback or trade down and maybe take a quarterback or not. And then he drops a smiley emoji. And he says, all options are on the table, but we like our position and are very excited. Fire up! Exclamation point. And uh, also he added a football emoji and then added four pictures of different quarterbacks that are eligible to be taken in this draft. Uh, and so... I think that plays right into your comment uh, about the smoke. <laughs> People don't really want you to know what they're doing in the NFL draft because that impacts value and, and what you might be able to get back and really acquiring what are considered to be your guy or my guys. Um, and, and I think that really ramps up as we get to you know post number 10. Uh, but it should be interesting. And I think of all the teams, right, like the way that you kind of watch this, the Colts are the team to watch. I, I do feel like they will go up and get somebody. It's just a matter of when they pull the trigger. Yeah. The, I mean, but there are, there are so many different, like the Texans, right? The, the rumors are lately that they might go defense. And if they go defense, well then is there a bidding war for that third overall pick to get CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young or whoever is the, the, the quarterback not taken in the top two. Um, and, and, and like, if the I, I'd even speculate do... like the Lions could th- theoretically be that team. They brought in CJ Stroud for a visit. They brought in Will Anderson for a visit. The Lions traded up 20 spots in the first round and they have a bunch of draft capital this year. Could they trade up and, and throw everything askew to, to, to pick three? I, I, I do think there's going to be some sort of big surprising move either at that second or that third pick that can really have, like you said, that domino effect that really affects everything that happens after it. I think that in the business of football, you have, these general managers and Nick Casario's up against it right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it would be him not going quarterback would be a big time, like hanging onions type of move because I think his job is on the line. And I think when you have these GMs with their job on the line, sometimes they are more apt to take a quarterback that they like because it resets the clock in a yeah. sense, right? They're not going to just take a, time. take a quarterback. I know they got the new head coach, Nico Ryan's in there. And Texans fans are all fired up about that, how it's going to be back to that old school Texans football. <laughs> sure. But look, the quarterback room is Davis Mills, Case Keenum and EJ Perry. So if you end up going in a different direction here, look, you better be right. And I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the Texans pivoting from that. But like like you said, Jeremy, you, you never know. And when you own a number two pick in a draft with a lot of quarterbacks, you can get a lot of players on rookie deals back if if you you do somehow feel that davis mills who was part of a two quarterback tandem last year is, is going to be okay for you in 2023 so it remains to be seen a lot of questions heading into this nfl draft i i want to promote it one more time if you you want to go and read the entire thing if we haven't talked about your team you can right now uh, at sbnation.com nfl mock draft colon updated first round projection after the free agency frenzy always like our mock drafts coming out at SB Nation. And with that being said, let's wake in. Wake in. Let's, if she's up, are you, can you wake up? Wake up, Rachel. Uh, no, we'd like to welcome in. We didn't talk about the Ravens at all. We usually talk about <laughs> the Ravens all the time. I'm taking, we talking about them enough. Um, I'm good. Yes. Uh, so as RJ does it, I'm trying to do my best here. We need your top takes from the episode. And, and then, of course, awarding our MF double MVP. Yeah, so my top takes go into the point system for today's double MVP wow. and rightfully so. The point system. That's yeah. scary. Okay. <laughs> no, right here. Uh-huh. And so starting with just like your guys' thoughts on like the NFL news, um, I really enjoyed Pete's point about the Dolphins and how they're high key trying to create a similar system to like the Chiefs had. Um and how that kind of went into the conversation about Tom Brady and is he really out? I agree with Jeremy on that point that I mm. hope that he's done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's been enough, went out, came back. But now and I think that let's just, like, allow him to pursue something different. And so I agree with Jeremy on that point that I think he needs to be done. I really like Jeremy's point where you just 
mentioned all of the different uh, players who have requested trades, but it's like nothing's really happened so far. So it's kind of like, I guess we just have to kind of wait and see. Maybe that's just a part of their negotiation tactic. And then after the draft, we'll revisit it based on who's still available. I also like when you guys were talking about like Anthony Richardson, uh, Jeremy, you were talking about how he's kind of like that boomer bus candidate. Um, and this is it not would, looking good for me. I mean, I have not had risk. a lot of on this, this paper <laughs> but at the same time with that point i i don't know if you um said this pete but you were talking about how it would be nice to see him in that quarterback carousel for the coats colts and so yeah. i would be that person to take the risk compared to jeremy who wouldn't be mm -hmm. just because of the player maybe even seeing him with the panthers because of oh. him newton like i was that person i have been like that person who's kind of like I want to see him fall at number one um, because even though all of the risks that we're hearing about and the in inaccuracy and the lack of consistency, he is a unique player. And the fact that he's being compared to Cam Newton, and I think that that's perfect. That would be like such a fun storyline. And so I would take the risk. I want to see him at number one. Um, I like but yes. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. rooting for the kid. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are most of my, heavy hitting points and so based off of today i am going to give it to jeremy two-time champ back to back yeah. back to back this is the second time i've filled in for rj hosting and the second time i didn't win mf double oh, okay. okay. on the same episode so th there's no credit for filling in at host the last minute but, uh, phenomenal job but no, it's because you got the code wrong. Let's be honest. Yeah, I I was a little <laughs> bit confused as to what the code is. It's it's SBN NFL. Just yeah. for, for all you out there that are trying to get on to, to DraftKings Sportsbook. But we'll keep the coverage coming uh, at SBNation.com. Certainly Arrowhead Pride, certainly Bleeding Green Nation, certainly Pride of Detroit as we get closer to the NFL draft. That is happening in just two short weeks. This will really ramp up the offseason. And I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I feel like once we have the draft, man, it goes so fast. And then suddenly we're back into games. I, you know, the real break is I, I think right now. And then there's like a slight break before training camp. But other than that, I mean, this thing, this thing takes off. So, uh, you know, that the whole world will be watching the draft, uh, right here in Kansas city, actually this year, which is, is pretty cool. Uh, I think for the city and we'll see how it goes. Uh, Jeremy, how are you feeling about the Lions Super Bowl chances, uh, as we close the episode? Listen, Six overall pick, the 18th overall pick. They're they've they're in a, a good position to make swing. I honestly think their roster right now is is top five in the NFC already. And mm -hmm. so you add on a couple of big picks. Um, they also have two second round picks. Uh, and and they they can make some noise. I, I do think they might spend these picks to plan a little bit more down the line, which means they 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 aren't necessarily adding a ton to uh to this year's roster necessarily. But um I think I think I'm just kind of I don't want to get too excited about this year. Because I think they're they're set up for a couple of years down the line. So uh, you can you're allowed. To, hey, look, I'm, throw caution I'm, to the wind. No, that's not who I am. <laughs> I, this is why I don't want Anthony Richardson. Like I am a coward. Oh. I don't want to put my heart oh on the line too God. much here. This team hasn't won a playoff game in since 1992. Like, let's just get there. Let's just host a playoff game for the first time at Ford Field. Win that, and then everything else is, is icing on the cake. Rachel, let's see Baltimore jump up and say, "What now, Lamar?" And go get, go get you some, Richardson. How about that? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. RJ will be back next week. Thank you to Rachel. Thank you to Jeremy. This has been another episode of Monday Lions Monday. <laughs>